It's a joy to be in God's house this morning, amen? amen. Uh, if you don't mind turning your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1 with me, uh, I'm very, very thankful for this church. I mean, this is an awesome church you got here. And uh, you guys got everything right around here. I mean, you start off with coffee and donuts, and then after that, you end up going, uh, uh, he, he allows me to present in Sunday school, and you got a great pastor here. And so you just got a really, really amazing church around here. Uh, and so uh, the, the Sunday school hour, I was with uh, the youth, and they kept me awake. Uh, so I was very thankful for that. Uh, but I'm going to uh, just allow, uh, allow you guys to stand up as we read Philippians chapter 1. Uh, and we're just going to read verses 12 through 20, 21 today. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, starts off and it says, But I would ye should understand, brethren that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ." According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Then it says in verse 21, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being such a wonderful God. I pray that you would bless this church. Thank you so much for it. I thank you for the pastor and how he has just been a great shepherd to this church and to your flock, his flock. Lord, I pray that you would bless this church beyond measure. Help them to reach the world with the gospel and help them to reach this community. Lord, help them to grow the church for you and for your glory and honor. And I'll give you praise for it. As you allow me to speak today, please let me be a mouthpiece to what you would like them to, to hear from your word. I'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, I am very, very excited to be here with you this morning, and to, I'm very privileged and honored to, to be in the Word of God in Philippians chapter 1, uh, but I just want to try to encourage you today uh, to be a little bit like Paul. Now, I'm a very, uh, I grew up in North Georgia, I'm a very simple, simple guy, uh, but a lot of times growing up, uh, people would say, hey, you need to be like Paul, hey, Chase, you need to be like Jesus, and at the time, I was like, yeah, I do need to. But I was like this far away. And it felt like I could never be like these, these men of God. And so uh, I remember my pastor telling me, inch by inch is a cinch. Yard by yard, it's hard. So he, he was basically telling me, stop trying to jump from being yourself to being uh, Jesus. But instead, take steps to do it. And that's what I'd like to, to uh, challenge you to do, is just take steps to be like this great man of God, this great example, Paul. And he writes this uh, book, and he is bold as I'll get out about Jesus. I mean, he is trying to get the gospel out to the world. And whenever he does, he ends up getting illegally arrested and put in jail. 
So that's the context that we have here. He is writing this book from jail. Now, if I was in jail, I'd be like, I'd probably be writing a, a, a prayer letter to you guys right now saying, guys, please pray that I get out of this jail. Or I'd be like, man, Lord, please get me out of here. I need some good Chick-fil-A or Taco Bell. Like, I need some good comfort, right? Because I'd be focused on myself. But the reason that Paul could write this book and focus on joy is because he wasn't writing while focusing on himself. He was writing with one sole focus. And that's what I want to challenge you to have today. And that focus and attitude is this. It's that it doesn't matter what happens to my life. It doesn't matter what happens to me. As long as Christ is preached and the gospel is furthered, it is all okay. And that's the entire focus that I want to challenge you to have today. And so as we get into this, we get into verse 12 and it says, I would, you should understand, I want you guys to understand, fellow Christians, my brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. So he basically says this. He says, hey guys, look, I'm writing this and I'm trying to update you as a church. And he says, look, I want you to know all these things that have happened unto me. Meaning the beatings, the humiliation, the spitting, the mocking, placed into the prison, placed into the stocks. All these adverse things have happened to me for one solid reason. And that is the furtherance of the gospel. You see, his whole life is about the Lord and Lord's commandments of furthering Jesus. And so that's exactly what happens. And the truth is, is that because of his attitude, because he's focusing on the furtherance of the gospel, God starts blessing it. And the truth is, is that some of you in here, you want God to bless your life. You want God to use you in the way that you can is by doing this, having this attitude of just thinking about God and furthering the gospel. And so now we're going to see about the fun stuff. Because we see how God ends up blessing this. Look at verse 13 with me. It says this. It says, So that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. So Paul here, he is bold as I'll get out. So he starts preaching Jesus. And then he ends up getting arrested. And that is not stopping him. Because he is, he is on a one-track mind, right? He has one solid focus. Tell people about Jesus. Love, love God. Tell people about Jesus. And he starts telling people about Jesus. He gets thrown in jail and he continues to do it. I mean, this guy is crazy. I mean, he had put in jail because of preaching the gospel. And he is still doing it. And that's because he wasn't focused on himself. But he's a very, very smart man. So instead of saying like I would, like, God, get me out of here. I need some good fried chicken and banana pudding or something. He's saying, hang on a sec. He says, wait, so I'm chained up to this guard for hours at a time, and I'm, I'm chained up to this man. You mean to say I can preach the gospel, and they can't run away from me. So he just starts telling people about Jesus. And he, he's making the joke, and he's like, who, who do you think's in jail now? I mean, these guys are stuck to me. Now, he's just focused on Jesus. He's focused on telling these people about Jesus and these people about Jesus. And I'm not very good at math, but I've got a great equation for you. Because it's this. It's that if, you, if Paul preached the gospel, it equals people hearing the gospel. And it's very, very simple. But the truth is, is that in our lives it's the same. If we preach the gospel, people will hear about the gospel. But the question is, and this is something that's very convicting in my life, is this equation it has a negative effect. Because if people are not hearing the gospel around us, what does that equal? It equals us not preaching the gospel. So let me ask you this. Are people around you hearing the gospel? Because if not, that is equaling 
You're not doing what you should do. And that's something that convicts me because a lot of times in my life, I, I think more about myself and my comfort and my situation. And I try to fill my schedule with all these things to be, uh, to be uh, a very good steward of God. But I forget to put time into just telling people about the gospel. And the truth is, is that we got to start telling people about Jesus because they need to hear. Amen. And so as we get into this, Paul, he has that as his sole focus. And he's telling people about the gospel. And by the end of it, it says that Christ is manifest in the palace and in all other places. The royal guards, all these guards, they're hearing about Jesus. And on top of that, other people, they're hearing about Jesus too. The gospel is getting out. My dear friends, God wants to bless you to get the gospel out to the world. But if you want, to, if you want God to bless you in that way, then you need to start telling people about Jesus. And you need to focus on furthering the gospel. And then we get into verse 14, and it gets even better. God blesses it even more, because in verse 14, it says, And many of the brethren, his fellow Christians in the Lord, they waxed confident by his bonds. So because of him being in jail, and because of him preaching the gospel, and then in the last part of that verse, it says, And much more being bold to speak the word without fear. So these guys, they hear about Paul preaching the gospel. And what they do, what do they do? They end up saying, wait, whoa, he's preaching the gospel even after he's put in jail? Man, I need to start preaching the gospel too. i got to get bold about it too. Because boldness is contagious. But the the question is, is what are we bold about? You know, I'm 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 a Georgia boy, right? And this is a very, very small example, but it's true. Um... I'm a very good, I'm a, a very big college football fan. I'm a Georgia Bulldogs. So like I said in uh, the, uh, uh, the Sunday school class this morning, in your faces. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> but I love college football. I mean, growing up in South Africa, it's a seven-hour time difference. You know, sometimes we'd be waking up at 2 or 3 a.m. to go and watch the, uh, just watch college football, just have a little bit of home. But... My question is, is how many times do we talk more about a, a, a silly college football game than we do about the Savior of the world? I mean, we got to be bold about what God wants us to be bold about. And Paul, that's exactly what he was doing. He was bold about Jesus. And he was bold about furthering the gospel. And that's his sole focus. And as he's focused on that, he wants people uh, to hear the gospel. And his fellow Christians, they start hearing about it. Because the gospel was his life. And you know, uh, I, I was in South Africa with some of my family. And we started talking about it. They told me this great analogy. And so I wanted to tell you guys because it is awesome and it sticks. But imagine, you know, your pastor, he's a great pastor. He loves you guys and he loves his church. Uh, and he, he, you guys have a great building here. But he wanted to do something special for you guys one day. So he comes up to me and he says, Chase, I want you to paint the auditorium. Okay, I want you to paint it a new, nice, gray color. Kind of like my tie here, a gray. And so he says, look, I'm going to give you one week to do it. And so it's a very simple task, right? So I start getting everything prepared. And I start painting all these walls. And I start getting bored by the second or third day. So you know what I decide to do? My little sister, she loves unicorns. So I decide to put some unicorns on the walls, some murals. So I start painting some unicorns here and there. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to look good for the pastor. And I finish up everything else with gray. we got some unicorns everywhere. It's going to look nice for the pastor. 
And he walks in, and you know what he's going to do? He's going to look at me, and he's going to be like, what in the world did you just do? Like, why are there unicorns on my walls? But you know, the truth of the matter is, is that sometimes in our Christian lives, we have been given a specific task, a simple task, and yet we find ourselves painting unicorns. You know, the truth is is that God has given us a simple task. He has died on the cross, and he's rose again from the dead. And as he's about to ascend into heaven, he says, look, go tell people about me. A simple task. But sometimes we find ourselves painting those unicorns. We find ourselves distracted with other things that don't matter to God. The truth is, is that we need to be focused on the furtherance of the gospel. And if we do that, if we focus like Paul focused, God will bless. People will hear about Jesus around the world. People will hear the gospel and they'll get saved. And that's exactly what Paul was doing. He was preaching the gospel. And I really think that that was his sole heart. His sole focus was just to preach the gospel. And because of it, as he is bold about Jesus, he's not bold about the things of this world. He's not bold about his own success or his own family or his own comfort. He's focused on Jesus, and because of it, his fellow Christians, they became bold about Jesus. They became bold, and they started preaching Jesus as well. And people started hearing the gospel. My dear friends, if you are bold about Jesus, your friends around you will become bold about Jesus as well. Imagine if every single one of us in here were as bold as the man of God that Paul was. As that great missionary Paul, that great apostle. Imagine if we were as bold as him. Man, wouldn't this world be changed? And you know, as, as these people get bold, there's, uh, in verse 15 and 16, some indeed preach Christ of envy and strife, and even, some also of goodwill. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. So we see two people here. Some of these people are being bold because they... They hate Paul. They, they're trying to make things worse for Paul. They see what he's doing, and they think that he is on trial right now. He is in prison waiting for a verdict. They're preaching the gospel thinking, man, this is going to make things worse for Paul. We're going to preach the gospel. They're trying to do it to make things worse. And then we see people on the other side, and they love Paul, and they know that Paul wants the world to hear about Jesus, and they say that they're doing it out of goodwill. And they're trying to preach the gospel, and Paul's sitting in the, the middle of it, and he's seeing these people preach the gospel for different reasons. And as he's saying this, he says, what then? He says, whether in pretense or in truth, it doesn't matter why they are doing it. Christ is preached, and that's why I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice in life because the gospel is being furthered. My dear friends, Paul could write this this book because the gospel was being furthered. He could be doing it because he wasn't focused on himself. He wasn't focused on these people trying to hurt him. But he saw that in the, the end of things, they were preaching the gospel and people were hearing. And even on this side, people were doing it out of love because they love Paul. And he's looking and he says, look, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter if they're doing it, to, uh, doing it to hurt me or because they love me. It doesn't matter about me. It matters that people hear about Jesus. And so he says, look, that's why I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice because they are furthering the gospel. They're doing what God has commanded them to do. They're going to tell people about Jesus. And then we get into the, uh, some of the last verses because Paul is confident. He says, I know, in verse 19, I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer. And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. And then he pours out his heart. And he says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, 
with everything in my life, I want this. And what does he say? That in nothing I shall be ashamed. He says, I want to never, ever, ever be ashamed of Jesus. Church, imagine if the great apostle Paul was ashamed of Jesus Christ. We know that that jailer uh, would never have found Christ. We know that the, the gospel would never have been furthered because that happened because of his boldness. And we also know that the fellow Christians, the fellow brethren that he updated this, this church about, they would never have waxed bold because that only became because of his boldness. There's a lot that was on stake because of Paul's boldness. And my dear friends, there's a lot that's on stake because of your boldness. And maybe the fruit hasn't come yet. And that's because you haven't been as bold as you ought to be. But Paul says, with everything in my heart, I want to be bold and magnify Jesus in my life. Just make Jesus big so that people can see him and so that they can go to him and be saved and hear about the gospel. And so he says, this is my heart. He says, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get the gospel out and to glorify my Lord and Savior. And it's crazy because he realized how vital the gospel was. The gospel is so vital. The gospel is needed right now because people are dying in South Africa like this. And they're trusting in their dead relatives, their ancestors for salvation as mediators. There's people in China that are atheists and agnostic and they're they're trusting in nothing for salvation because they don't even care about it. There's people in the States and they're dying and going to hell and we got to do something about it. Paul realized that and he realized that it was vital. And he said, look, with everything in my life, I want to tell people about Jesus because he knew the vitalness of the gospel. You know, I'm going to go to South Africa and learn a language, a great, phenomenal, really cool language called Kosa. It's a clicking language. My wife and I are going to go learn. And just to give you a little bit of it, John 3.16 in this language, for those who haven't heard, is this. Amen? Speaking in tongues this morning. But don't worry, I'll translate. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is what Paul is focused on. It's the gospel. It's that people hear. But whenever I went to South Africa as a kid growing up, and I became the children's church pastor, and I started knocking out on doors and going to parks and meeting people, inviting them to church, I met a young man named Miso. He's about eight years old at the time. I spoke about him in Sunday school a little bit. But Miso started telling me the belief system of South Africa. The majority of South Africa believe in their dead relatives. And what they do is they sacrifice uh, sheep and goats and bulls and cows to their dead relatives, their dead ancestors. And they hope that their ancestors could be mediators. And that sacrifice could wash away sins. But what they don't know is that Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4 says, It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. They don't know that there's only one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. And so you know what they do? They sacrifice to them in the hope that that could bring them salvation. My my dear friends, they're continually dying and going to a hell. we got to realize how vital the gospel is. Because this isn't just a number. 40 million people, 60 million people, 
1.2 billion people in, uh, in India. This isn't just a number. These are lives that are at stake. And Paul realized that. And so he says, look, with everything in my life, I want to be bold for Jesus. He says, it doesn't matter what the cost is. He says, I'm sitting on trial, and whether it be by life or by death, I want to further the gospel. And then in the next verse, he says, look, if, if I die, it's great gain for me. I'm going to be way better up there than I am on here, on this earth. But he says, if I'm going to live, it's going to be for him. He's willing to give it all for the furtherance of the gospel. No, he went through so much. It's because he didn't care about what happened to him. And God used him. My dear friends, as you want to be used by God, you know, sometimes it's okay to hurt so that the gospel could be furthered. Sometimes it's okay to go out and have that awkward conversation of telling someone that their beliefs are sending them to hell. You know, sometimes it is hard to preach the gospel, but it is necessary. You know, sometimes we need to hurt and sacrificially give so that the world can hear the gospel. It's time that we focus our lives on furthering the gospel. There's someone in here that needs to hear this. And as you are in here and you are saying, man, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life, or man, I haven't been doing what I ought to, I want you to challenge you today to take that and to change your heart. Let the Lord work in your life and say, man, I need to focus on the Lord and the gospel being furthered in my life. And say, look, I'm willing to give it all. Like Paul did. He was willing to give his entire life so that God could be magnified. I'm willing to give it all. I'm willing to give up my time, whether that means just Saturday outreach. He said in two words, as always. He wanted to be bold as always. My church, my friends, that means more than Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. That means every day. Whether you're in school, whether you're in college, whether you're in uh, your, your jobs, it's time to be bold about Jesus. Yes, it's time to be willing to give our time, to give our effort. Some of us in here, God has called you to give your life, to go out and tell people about Jesus. It's time to give that life back to the Lord as he has called you to do so. It's time to give our lives to the furtherance of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the wonderful pastor and his wonderful church. I pray that you would help them to further the gospel here in Kentucky. Lord, oh, if we were all as bold as Paul, how this world would hear the gospel. Help us to be bold. Help us to focus our lives on furthering your gospel and to serve you, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would become big and good soldiers of you, dependent on you and strong in the grace that you have given us. And Lord, as we are trying to be bold, Lord, please, please bless us. I give you praise for it. And thank you so much for this opportunity. In Jesus' name.